Litcentric Radio is sponsored by Book Taco, an online program for managing independent reading in grades K-8. Book Taco is an affordable alternative to Accelerated Reader with an engaging, inclusive environment for the diverse students you serve. Book Taco has a messaging tool for connecting with the readers in your class, but it's really a whole lot more. I'll tell you more about it later on in the episode. Welcome back to Eccentric Radio, the podcast that's a literacy coach in your pocket. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Webb. So I can hardly believe it's December and 2020 is almost over. I, I really can't believe it. I mean, not that I'm complaining. <laughs> 2020 has been quite the year. Um, but I am looking forward actually to season six of Litcentric Radio, which is going to start in about uh, mid-January. So we'll finish out season five, the very beginning of January, and then two weeks after that, we'll start the new one. I think it's January 18th, 2021, I think is the actual uh, date for the first episode of season six. And because season six is coming up so soon, I actually need to select the books that we'll be exploring together. We're going to need 10 books in all, because we're going to do 10, um, 10 podcast episodes, and it really is a fun task. I mean, I mean, who doesn't like looking at children's books? If you didn't like children's literature, you wouldn't listen to the show, right? But even though it's fun, I actually can find it to be a little overwhelming too because there's so many wonderful books out there. And because there's so many great books, I'd actually really love some help from all of you. So I would like you to tell me what some of your favorite picture books have been uh, this last school year. And, you know, they can be new releases or even classics or really anything in between. Just books that you really love to read aloud to your students. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So if you could post your top picture book picks on any social media channel that, that uh, you like to use and tag me at Litcentric and just share your favorite titles. Uh, you, you can, you know, include pictures if you want. You can include activities that you've done with your class or you can just write it down, right? I mean, whatever, you know, just type it out, whatever works for you. And I would love, please tag me at Litcentric, because otherwise I won't see it. <laughs> but again, I would love to hear your ideas. And I'll actually be making my selections for season six before 2020 is over. So don't wait to share uh, which ones are your favorites. Your input would really help make the show even better for season six coming up. So I'm excited about season six and how we're going to finish out the school year together. And again, share your favorite titles with me, please. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at exploring character values with the text Last Stop on Market Street. And speaking of favorite picture books, I know Last Stop on Market Street is at the top of the list for many, many, many people. And I love the text because I don't really know anyone who isn't really touched by this book. And Matt De La Pena, the author, he does such a wonderful job of balancing really the message in the book with the descriptions that he does and the tone and the dialogue. I mean, really, all of those different components are balanced so well. And it really makes for a special but also a realistic story that's a really important one to read with children. So a lot of people don't know that Last Stop on Market Street is actually Matt De La Pena's first picture book. He's written other books, uh, mostly for the young adult crowd, but Last Top of Market Street was his foray into picture book writing. And of course, the illustrator 
the incomparable Christian Robinson. Um, you can't really go wrong with a De La Pena Robinson pairing. So um, I'm actually excited. They have a new book coming out. I don't know if it's been released yet. I'm, I imagine the next uh, few weeks. And I'm really excited to see what that book is all about. And they've been promoting it a little bit. So very excited about that. And of course, I'm still excited about Last Stop on Market Street. And what I love to use this text for is really exploring character values. A lot of times we talk about character traits, but here in this book, uh, the grandmother in this text is really trying to instill some serious values in her grandson. And uh, she does it in a really playful way that I think is really um, appropriate, you know, for the age level of her grandson, as well as, of course, the readers of the text. But exploring the values is actually a really interesting way to actually get into what a character thinks and what they care about, as well as how that influences, you know, the things they do and say. And there's a lot of evidence of the values coming out in this text. So there's a lot of great inferring practice that students can do to actually access this really embedded layer of meaning that's going on in the book. So let's take a look at today's text, Last Stop on Market Street. So CJ and his grandmother are exiting church after services, and they're heading out for their weekly destination. And we don't know where that is yet, but uh, we know that CJ isn't really keen on going to this location, wherever this is. So they board the city bus together, and we learn a little bit more about CJ and his grandmother. So CJ is young, he's maybe six years old, and he's a really observant boy who likes to ask a lot of questions. And he feels a little sorry for himself, um, you know, when he sees things that other people have um, that he doesn't have, like, you know, like all kids do. And his grandmother is very wise, and she really clearly is trying to instill good values in CJ with her responses to all his questions. And uh, one of those values that she's really trying to instill is really seeing the beauty in everyday, ordinary things. That's not the only value that comes through, um, but definitely that's kind of the one that the story ends on um, and really kind of a nice culmination of some of the values that she's expressing through how she interacts and talks with CJ. BookTaco has a messaging tool that makes it easy to connect with the readers in your classroom. Send messages to your entire class all at once with just one click. Messages for budding readers can be helpful for all sorts of reasons. You can give clear instructions for assignments, like read such and such a book, write a draft of your book talk video, and ask a peer for feedback. Or send reminders about expectations for student work, like don't forget to check your writing for correct punctuation. Or expectations for behavior, like Recall our conversation about the three ways you can be a responsible digital citizen. You can offer students tips for learning, like good readers pause during reading and ask themselves if they understand. You can even handle classroom management with messages like, I notice that when partners are collaborating during centers, the noise level goes up, which makes it harder for other students to complete their work. Let's be conscious of how loudly we're speaking when working with others. There are so many ways that messages can influence your entire class with just one click. BookTaco also makes it easy to send messages to individual students in your class. You can personalize messages to provide specific feedback to a student with messages like, the last two writing assignments I noticed you tried out compound sentences. Great job. Don't forget to use a comma before the conjunction when writing a compound sentence. 
or offer extra support for a student who needs assistance with a message like, you're so close to your reading goal for the month. What can I do to help you reach it on time? You can encourage students with messages too, like saying, great job on your plot diagram. You clearly identified the climax of the story. Can I share your work with the class? Or how about reaching out and making connections with and among students with a message like, I've noticed you really have a handle on introductory paragraphs. I spoke with so-and-so who wants to improve in this area. Do you mind reaching out to him during centers? He'd like to work with you. There are so many options for helping students from one valuable messaging tool. There's something about putting things in writing that makes them more noticeable, memorable, and meaningful. Log on to booktaco.com and think about how you might use a messaging tool to connect with your readers. That's booktaco.com. So my text-dependent questions that I like to use with children with Last Stop on Market Street are pretty broad questions like, how do we know that CJ is really observant? Because I'm trying to get students to uh, start looking at some of the evidence and by telling them what trait he has, like being observant, now they can look for evidence directly tied to being observant. So it takes kind of one step out of the process of inferring when I've given them exactly what I want them to look for and then find the evidence to support that. It would be harder question to say, um, what type of character is CJ or what do we know about CJ? Well, they might say things like, he's a boy, he goes to church, he has a grandma. Well, that's fine, but those are all very literal things, right? So by actually pushing kids in this way and giving them a trait or something a little bit broader to think about, that actually um, that really actually focuses them a little bit better on finding evidence that, like I said, is kind of hiding that embedded layer of meaning going on, which is really what we're trying to practice when we infer. So each of the questions this week for our text-dependent questions are broad like that and really geared towards getting kids back into the text and pulling out uh, the evidence that really supports their thinking. And like I said, there's so many great examples of the values that the grandmother's trying to instill in her grandson. So it's not hard for kids to do that. They can flip through and go back several pages even to answer the questions that we're asking them and help them think through a little bit more about what these characters value and uh, really why we should value them too. And our bridge chart for this text is, um, it's kind of a long skinny bridge chart going you know, left to right, so kind of a landscape version. This might be a great bridge chart to actually build using you know, big chart paper on a roll because you can extend it a little bit further. It depends on you know, how big you have to write. But in this case, we're gonna have four different categories that we're gonna be using to help us sort through uh, the different events that take place in the story. They're all very small moments but each of them has important inferring opportunities and they express the values that the grandmother's trying to instill. So we're gonna actually look at each of those small moments separately along the chart and document them. So the four categories we're gonna be using, I'm gonna list them top to bottom. And as I said, we're gonna build the chart left to right. So each event moves along the chart from left to right. And there's five events total that I've decided to focus on. So the first category just says event. And then second is CJ's response. Third is grandma's response. And finally, value. So whatever value that the grandmother's trying to um, communicate to her grandson. So event, CJ's response, grandma's response, and value. So for an example, let's actually go back to the very beginning of the text 
when they're exiting the church and immediately CJ notes that it's starting to rain and Matt de la Pena does some really beautiful, simple descriptions of what that rain is like. So for the event, we just say it starts to rain. And I should say on this bridge chart, I don't actually um, copy verbatim what the text says. Sometimes I will do that. I'll lift it right from the text if I think it's really important for students to have that exact, um, you know, that exact quote or, you know, exactly what the character says. But in this chart, it really isn't important because we're thinking a little more broadly. So I actually don't want to get students caught up in these tiny details. I want them to pull back a little bit and think more broadly with their meaning. So I'm going to do the same thing and just paraphrase with students what this text is really trying to convey. So the event is it starts to rain. And then let's talk about CJ's response. So in the text, he actually specifically says, how come we got to wait for the bus and all this wet? So again, I'm not going to actually document that exactly. But what I say is, why do we have to wait for the bus in the rain? Which is essentially what he's saying. Then grandma's response is, well, the rain isn't just for people, right? It's actually for the trees too. And it's actually how the trees drink. And what she says to remember is, you know, oh, the, see that tree drinking from a straw, right? Which is kind of a clever, clever thing to think about. Um, but again, I'm just trying to paraphrase. So the rain isn't just for you, right? It's for the trees too. And the value that I think she's really instilling there in CJ is that it's actually important to think of what other people actually might need you know important to think about others because really he's only thinking about himself or the two of them in that moment why do we have to be bothered by this rain waiting for the bus right so she says oh think a little bit more broadly right the rain isn't just about you and me right it's there's a there's a purpose for the rain another uh, event that i would add to the chart is uh, maybe when they're heading off um, to get on the bus and CJ's response to that is, why do I have to go to this place when my friends don't? And the grandma says, well, your friends are missing out on this really important experience. She actually says, I feel sorry for them, right? Which is a pretty strong response. And the value that she's expressing there is, you know, giving of yourself is really important and helpful for others, even when it's not easy to do. But that's a really actually important message, I think, for kids to have. Finally, um, as I mentioned, I have five different events here, but I'll share one more. And it's really the last event when they depart the bus at the last stop on Market Street, where of, cor of course we get the title of the book. And CJ says, why is it so dirty here? And if you recall, in this part of town, in this part of the city, um, it's pretty run down. You know, it's really kind of a forgotten area and um, it hasn't been kind of taken care of in decades. And it's definitely you know, a rougher area than where CJ lives himself. And so why is it so dirty here? Because remember, he's very observant. So his grandma says, well, if you don't have dirty things to compare to, then you can't really appreciate the truly, truly beautiful things, which really is true, right? It's the whole idea of yin and yang. You really, you have to have, you have to take the good and the bad so they can appreciate both. And so the value she's really trying to express is that you know, we do have to take the good and the bad, the happy and the sad, the easy and the difficult, because all of them are what make life wonderful. And that is a really kind of the big value message, I think, across the text is taking all these tiny observations of CJ and showing him how all of those kind of come together to make a rich, fulfilling life. So I like kids to actually write an opinion piece on this text 
about CJ's grandmother. And I want them to tell me, to describe her, to give me a sense of what she values, and to use evidence from the text to reinforce that opinion that they have of her. And uh, of course, the bridge chart is the major tool they're going to use to do that. Of course, they can look back in the text, but because we've done so much collective thinking together and building that collective meaning, and we've documented on the chart, students will be well prepared to actually answer this question in their writing and refer to the chart as needed. So I hope you'll actually check out Last Stop on Market Street. I'm sure many of you own this text already. If you don't, you definitely need to go out and buy one. Actually, it wasn't too long ago where um, Last Stop on Market Street ended up once again on the top 10 picture books of the New York Times bestsellers list. So they actually kind of surged up to the top again, which was really cool. So that was neat because this book, I think it's from, yeah, 2015. So it's been around, you know, a little while now. So it's neat to see books that, uh, you know, we've really kind of fallen in love with, really have a resurgence and have people kind of discover them for the first time or rediscover them. So hopefully you can rediscover Last Stop on Market Street, pull it out off your bookshelf or get it, make sure you get it from the library, get a copy for yourself. And before the end of the month, before the end of 2020, don't forget to post your top picture book choices, your favorite picture books to read aloud with students or to do any, you know, kind of writing and response with students, post those books on social media for me. Remember, you can find Litcentric at Instagram, on Facebook, uh, Twitter, all those would be great to communicate. And don't forget to tag me at Litcentric so that I actually see your response. That would be great. I would love to see the books that you're most interested in. You can also tell me what you love to do with the book. Like, oh, I love to do character values or I love to do inferencing with this book. Or if you just want to say, hey, I love this book. What, what should we do with it, right? What else can I do with this text? And we'll come up with some ideas for that for the show. So that's all we have for today. Please take care of yourself and those you love. And gosh, wear a mask, social distance. Don't have big gatherings, please. I know that's so hard this month. But it's so important that you just stick with your household and celebrate Christmas in a new way this year or celebrate your holiday uh, or any faith-based um, you know, expressions this time of year. Please don't gather. Please try to separate yourself. Wash your hands and be that example for your family and community that I know educators normally are. But let's make sure during this special season that we really show the care that we can give to one another. So on that note... We'll see you next time. Have a great day at school.